0: good singing this morning. We're going to be in Ephesians chapter 5, the passage that Mark read this morning, is our text, at least part of it. Uh, We're looking at God's will this morning, and, and a simple message again today. We're going to start in verse 14, we're going to read down through verse 17 to start with. We'll read more of the rest of the chapter here in a little while, but that's where we're going to begin. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 14 says, Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. It struck me again as I read this passage this morning, or this week, I read it again this morning, but as I read it this week, redeeming the, uh, be not unwise, I'm sorry, I get it straight, wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Now, there's two different aspects to God's will, there's the general will of God and there's the specific will of God. This morning I'm going to deal with the general will, I'm not going to get into the specific will of God. Just wanted to say a couple things about the specific will, that which pertains directly to you uh, in your life personally. The specific will of God, just a couple things to think about. It will never contradict His written word. Okay? The will of God for you personally cannot contradict this word. So if you come and say, God told me to do this, and it's against the word of God, no, He didn't. It's <laughs> all there is to it. All right? Secondly, it will cost you to live that specific will of God. It's going to cost. There's a cost to serving God. And and thirdly, and certainly not exhausting the list, but what I have this morning, it's found through prayer and counsel of godly Christians and your pastor. The will of God is found through prayer and counsel of Christians, godly men and women. And, And so... That's not my message this morning. I just was was considering both the general and the specific will of God. If it's against the word of God, it's not his will. Plain and simple. It's going to cost you to live the will of God. Don't think it's free to serve him. He said, if you walk with me, you will suffer persecution. There's The world's going to hate you when you're, when you're living the will of God. There's a cost involved. And... It is found through prayer and counsel. We, we, we need to make sure that we're on our knees asking God to direct in our life. You want the specific will of God, it's not going to come without prayer. Anyway, that's, that's free this morning, it's just the specific will of God. I want to look at the general will of God, and it's, it's a simple thing, really, when we consider the, the general will of God. He has a, a will for every individual that's ever lived. Every individual that's ever lived or will ever live, this is His will for them. And I can say it with confidence this morning from the Word of God, that this is His desire for every individual. First of all is salvation, secondly is confirmation, and thirdly is sanctification. And I want to say again this morning, that's not exhausting the general will of God, but that is it in a nutshell. Okay, so we're going to look at those three things this morning. As I said, it's a a simple message. But this is the will of God. So many times we want to know what his will is. Well, if we will get in and and be willing to follow the general will of God, he will then tell us the specific will of God. I read, I don't know who wrote this, but I agree 100%. He said that if I am not willing to conform to the general will of God, then why am I looking for the specific will of God? better conform to the general will, and then he can tell us the specific. I want to look at those three things this morning. Let's have a word of prayer begin before we get into the message. Father, uh, guide us this morning. Thank you, Lord, for your word, and, and Father, help us to trust it explicitly. Lord, we look in your word that we will be willing to conform to your will, that that flesh can die, that we'll we put the old man down and, and uh, allow you Lord, to direct. Father, these things are simple this morning, but we fail in conforming. We fail in being separate from this world in so many ways, so many times. Lord, help us to seek Your will every moment of our life. Guide me as I speak this morning. Give me Your strength and, and uh, Your wisdom. In Christ's name we pray, amen. So first of all, we know without a doubt that God's will is salvation for every man. Go with me to Second Peter chapter three. Second Peter chapter three. The general will of God is that not any man should perish. Second Peter three nine, a very Familiar verse and I'm looking chapter two, here we go. Verse chapter three verse nine The Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness, but is long suffering to us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Some key words in there. To me two of the key words are any and all, two of the shortest words in the verse. He is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. It's, I, I don't believe there's anyone here that has followed Calvin. I don't think we have any Calvinists here this morning. So there's no one here that's saying God created some that are going to get saved and some that aren't. I don't believe that's uh, an opinion in this, in this audience this morning. But sometimes we forget that it's for all men. There's some people we look out there and think, mm, probably not for that one. That one's done enough. That, that is not for him. We would, we would put some men in history on that, li- on that list, right? Those that have killed millions. Stalin and the 50 million that he was responsible for dying. Hitler and all the Jews that he killed. What, 6 million in the Holocaust. We, we, we look at these and we think, well, that is not for them. We're Calvinist in our thinking then. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all come to repentance. His salvation is for all, not one. He's not willing that one should should die, no matter how wicked. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. Seven through nine says this. Wherefore I am made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of His power, unto me who am less than the least of all his saints, in this is this grace given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make, he says it again, he uses the little word all. To make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the world has been hid in God who created all things by Jesus Christ. Paul says, My ministry is to make all men see the fellowship of the mystery of God. To to understand the gospel. to, to, To preach to every single one of them. Sometimes we... And I've preached this quite often because it's, it's something that I have to be reminded of all the time. God brings it back to my, to my mind as I'm walking through this world. Yesterday I was, I was watching a little bit of the Olympics and I shut it off. I'm going to talk more about this tonight. I shut it off at one point because they're highlighting... homosexual couple and these guys had adopted a boy and they're such a perfect family and so beautiful and and my kids are sitting there I shut it off no they're not gonna listen to this trash but I thought there's a lost man too I hate the lifestyle that he's living because it's destroying him God hates the lifestyle that he's living it's an abomination to him but can I see that God is not willing that any should perish, that all should come to repentance? Peter, or Paul said, I was taught, told to preach the gospel to all men. It is so easy to see the sin in a person's life and forget that God sent his son for that sin. And died for that man. That he can be delivered from that bondage. Because no matter how they paint it, how pretty they try to paint the picture, he's in bondage today. Acts chapter 17, verse 30 says the same thing. The gospel is for all men. Acts seventeen thirty. At the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent commandeth all men everywhere to repent. So we can see very clearly from God's word that His will, His general will for all men is that they are saved. Is that they are saved. This morning, do you know Him as your Savior? Go with me to John chapter 3. John chapter 3 says that God loves you. I'm going to read verse 15 through verse 18 this morning. Verse 15 says that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have, ever, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world... Again, that, that is every person. If it, was, if it was for some of us and not for others, he wouldn't have said for the world. He would have said for the chosen, something like that. God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. You accepted him as your Savior this, this morning? Do you know him today? You know, I, I've heard testimony of salvation from nearly every person in this building. And I'm not here to cast doubt on anyone's salvation, but you know your relationship with God, and only you and Him do truly. Is He your Savior this morning? Have you given Him your heart and soul? James chapter 2 says, I'll show you my faith by my works. That faith without works is dead. If I'm not being conformed into the image of Christ, I better stop and evaluate my salvation. First John chapter 1 and chapter 2 says that if I love this world, the love of the Father is not within me. If I hate my brother, the love of the Father is not in me. Do you know him this, this morning as your Savior? His will for every man is that we come to know him as our, as our Savior. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So first of all, very simple. And I know... From the authority of the Word of God, his will is that you know Him as your Savior. Secondly, those to be conformed, conformed, be a changed life. Go with me back to our passage chapter eight or chapter five of Ephesians and verse eighteen through thirty three. Said I was going to read the rest of this chapter. Verse eighteen says, and be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the spirit. Speaking to yourselves and yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. The little thing written under that verse, just personal walk with God. The personal walk with God. The Christian is to be speaking to themselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. It is that relationship with God that is a changed life. I don't see the unsaved walking around singing to themselves unless they got their music just cranked in their vehicle and it's to take their mind off of this world. It's a a drug to some people. But the Christian is the only one that walks around with joy in his heart. Christian, that's the way I'm to be. I'm to be conformed to his image. I'm to have joy in my life. Uh, Singing every day of my life as I walk around. Giving thanks, verse 20, always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting yourselves one to the other in the fear of the Lord. Now this is the part that I thought, well, when I have a conformed life, it's easy to preach about being joyful. It's easy to preach about giving thanks, and we should. I hope you have a, a, as Patch the Pirate put it, an attitude of gratitude. That should be your life an attitude of gratitude, if we really could walk that way, how it would change us. I'm thankful for everything that God has given me. Thank you, Lord, for today. Thank you for the trials of today. Thank you, Lord, for the grace to go through the trials today. If I can just thank Him for all things, have that proper attitude, it'll change how I live. But verse 21 says, submitting yourselves to one another in the fear of the Lord. Now, it gets a little harder. (laughs) This new life, well, I have a joy on my face, or a smile on my face, and joy in my heart. That's fun. That feels good. <clears throat> and then the Bible says, "Submitting yourselves one to another in the Lord." This doesn't feel quite as good to the flesh. Uh, it feels like getting stepped on. Now, the the mind of Christ is that of surrender. God's will is that I submit myself to everyone around me, specifically the church. The, the fellow believers, I'm to love you and put your needs in front of my own. Be surrendered to you. Then he goes into the marriage. He goes into the marriage relationship, the husband and wife. Wives submit yourselves unto the unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. I always read this verse, and maybe I'm wrong. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Tell me if I'm wrong. But I always read this verse, thinking there's there's a part in every woman's mind that just bristled a little bit. That just was a little bit offended by that. Why do I have to submit to that bum? The last part of the verse is the key part of that verse. As unto the Lord. It is a surrender to God. Not that your husband is a perfect man in any way. Not that he's worthy of it in any way. But that you're surrendering to God. It's the proper mindset. It's a confirmation. The lost individual would not do that. But the new man can surrender her will to God. It's unto the Lord. Now, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything verse 25 says husbands love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it that he may, might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word that he might present it to himself a glorious having spot or wrinkle any such thing holy and without blemish so ought men to love their wives as their own bodies he that loveth his wife loveth himself that verse ought to convict every one of us men do you really love your wife as you love yourself? Do you look to to meet her needs as you do your own? So so that we can he that he might present the church not having spot, wrinkle, or any such thing should be holy and without blemish. Men, if our relationships are going to be holy and without blemish, it is going to be when, as a husband, I'm surrendered to God and I am loving my wife as I do myself. My dad has taught for years, and I used to look at him a little sideways, but I agree with him wholeheartedly now. If a relationship goes down, there's something wrong with the husband. There's something wrong in his life. Now, I just made a man bristle up a little bit. Because we don't want to hear that. But I was walking right, but I was doing right, and she just wasn't willing to listen. The husband is the head of the home. If I'm conformed to the mind of Christ, he can guide my home. We bear the responsibility. That's what that means. Not that she's innocent. Please don't get me wrong. If a relationship has problems... She's not innocent. The wife is not cleared of all charges. But the husband bears responsibility for the home. It is on our shoulders, men, to walk with God and to be conformed in His image. It says, For no man ever hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord of the church. For we are members of this body, of flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined to his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. I wasn't taking this passage this morning to preach on relationships. I took this passage this morning to preach on submission. Submission, When I'm conformed to the Christ, when I've given him my heart and soul, I know that His will is that I get saved, that's surrendering my life to Him. It's going to result in confirmation. It's going to result in a different person. I'm surrendered to His will. We were in James chapter four this morning in Sunday school, and it says, "From whence comes wars and fightings among you? Come they not of your lust, which war against your members? That says it's because I'm not surrendered. Because the lust of the flesh is controlling me. Because I have pride in my life. Because I'm entitled to something. The Christian is surrendered. All things. All things. Job, when everything was taken away from him, all he had left was his wife. And she came up and she railed on him. Look at you. Curse God and die. And he said, he brought me in naked. He can take me out. It's his. It's all his. Nothing that I have belongs to me. And it goes beyond our earthly possessions, whether he, the Lord were to take everything that I own. It goes beyond that. It goes to my family. It goes to me personally. Every aspect of me is laid at his feet if I'm surrendered to God. God. Then I can read these passages. Wives, submit yourselves to your husband. And you can say, yes, Lord. Husbands, love your wives as you do yourself. And we can say, yes, Lord. In your strength, I will do that. Regardless of what she does to me. Regardless of of how she treats me today. I'm going to love her as you would have me to conform to Christ. It's shown in our actions. Verse 18 says we're to be filled with the Spirit. Verse 19 says to be filled with the Spirit. You're going to speak to yourselves in hymns and psalms and spiritual songs when He is controlling you. 20 says to be grateful, and 21 through 33 says to be selfless. To be selfless. So I know that His will is that all men everywhere repent. I know that all men are to be conformed to His image, surrendered to God. That is His perfect will for every one of us today. And lastly, I know that it is to be sanctified, set apart. Set apart. Not only am I surrendered to His his will, but I am to be pure and holy. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 1 through 5. Furthermore, then we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as ye have received of us how ye ought to walk and to please God, so ye would abound more and more. For ye know what commandments we gave you by the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God. Even your sanctification, that ye should abstain from fornication, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification. Every one of us should know how to possess this body, this flesh, how to to sacrifice, to kill it every day, and surrender to God in sanctification and in honor, purity in our lives. Were we be pure this week? Morally pure, spiritually pure, are we walking with God? Are we set aside? Are we abstaining from all the lust. Verse chapter five of verse first Thessalonians, Thessalonians verse one through eight says, "But of the times and seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you, for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night." Listen, it, it's rare that we get together as men and don't talk about time is short probably count on one hand in the last five years that something hasn't come up about it. We talk about politics. Well, the Lord's coming soon. The rapture's going to happen. We, we mentioned it yesterday, coming home in the van. Maybe we'll be here, maybe not. The Lord's probably coming back. We don't need to be reminded of that, do we? We know it. We look around this world and we see it every day. It's only waxing worse and worse. I, we know from Scripture, and from looking around, that the day of the Lord is coming. For when they shall say, Peace and safety, then sudden, de- sudden destruction cometh upon them, as travail upon a woman with a child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are, chi- all, ye are all the children of light, and the children of the day. We are not of the night, nor of the darkness. Therefore let us not sleep as others, but let us watch and be sober. Let's not sleep like others. We know what's going on. (laughs) We know the end of this world. We know where everyone's going to be, either in heaven or hell. We have all of it right here. So it says, let's not be like the world and sleep, those that don't know what's going on. But let us watch and be sober. Let's, Let's think about it and be careful. It says verse 7, For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us, who are of the day, be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and front helmet, the hope of salvation. Let us be set aside, ready to go. I thought about it. It's, this watching is, is not that I just have my eyes open all the time, but that I am prepared every moment of every day for the battle. That I'm set aside. That I've taken the weights that easily beset me and I've set them aside. My focus is on the battle then. You see those people in the Olympics and they've trained and they've trained and they've trained for one day. It's amazing to me that they'll put four years of their life into one or two days. This one event to get that gold medal. And I admire their dedication. But Christian, we, we have a battle every day of our life. We don't have an opportunity to take a day off and, and get lazy. We lay aside the weights every single day because we've got to be ready. Let's not be sleeping, the Bible says. We know the day of the Lord is at hand. So the folks outside of this wall, does it bother us that the day of the Lord is at hand and they're lost? What am I going to do about it? I know if, the, if we saw if we came upon a house and that house is on fire and there's a child in that house, we're going to move heaven and earth to get that child out of that house. It's no different that the Lord is coming back any moment and I don't go and tell someone about Christ. Sanctification, I need to be set aside. My life needs to be so that I can serve Him all the time, every time wholeheartedly walking with him. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. <coughs> Excuse me, Hebrews 12, 1. I'm referring to this already, but it says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame is set down on the right hand of the throne of god another familiar passage isn't it we hear this all the time probably memorized it as child as a child in sunday school if you grew up in church i know i know we did at different times this was some of our memory verses it says, let us lay aside those weights and the sin which so easily beset us and keep my focus on Him, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of my faith. Why? Because I'm in a battle. Why? Because there's lost people out here dying and going to an eternity of hell, in hell every single day. And we, we don't know the influence that we could have on them if we're set aside, if we're sanctified, if my life is pure, if I've taken the things of this world and set them aside, by the grace of God, I said I'm going to have victory today in my life over sin, over distraction. I'm going to walk with Him. I'm not going to be as this world that's asleep. I'm going to be sober watching and serving Him. You know what? We know it's the will of God. We, we want the specific will of God and, and it is a blessing to know the specific will of God. And we need to know the specific will of God. Lord, what would you have me to do? Lord, I know that you have a job for me in my life. I know you have as a ministry for me in my life. And Lord, I want to do that. But listen, if we're not willing to submit to the general, we're never going to get the specific. If I can't surrender to this, then God's not going to put us in a place of service for him. His general will is simple. But it's a daily struggle in the life of the Christian. First of all, his will is salvation. Do you know him as your Savior this morning? I don't want to assume anything. Secondly, are you conformed to the image of Christ? Is your faith made, is there proof of it in your life? Has is it, is it been made perfect by works? Not that you earn your salvation, but true faith results in a change. Does the world know there's something different about you today? conformed to his image, and then sanctified, set aside, walking with Jesus this morning. We're going to look in, in, in Exodus tonight, and it talks about a name of God that is, the name of God in this passage is jealous. His name is jealous. As God goes in front of, in front of Moses, he speaks to Moses, and he, and he gives several attributes of himself. A couple names and then several attributes. And then he said, whose name is Jealous. God is jealous. (laughs) That's paraphrasing, but that is what it says in that passage. It's an amazing thing to me. What it means is, I am to be set aside. He is jealous of us. We're his and he's going to keep us. He wants us to be sanctified, to be walking with him. James chapter 4, we looked at in Sunday school, it says, if I am friends of this world, then I'm the enemy of God. Verse 4 of chapter 4 says, Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that friendship of the world is enmity with God. As I was studying that this week, that just struck me. You consider, you consider what it was to be an adulterer and adulteress back in the Bible times. Today, we brush it off like it's nothing. It is something. God hates it. But in the Bible times, society looked at it as that person is marked. That person is, is ostracized because they're an adulterer or an adulteress. So when the Bible says, if you're a friend of the world, you're an adulterer or an adulteress, that's strong language. If I'm not set aside from this world, if I'm not willing to sanctify, the Bible says, I'm cheating on Him. I'm an adulterer. And in society, then, I should be shunned. I should be set aside. I'm going to see God is jealous tonight. He he wants us to be different. His will is that you are pure. That my life is serving only Him. I can't have friendship with this world. It can have no hold on my life. What, Je- what did Jesus say? If you don't hate your father, your mother, your brother, you can't be my disciple. Now, that didn't mean that you literally hate your parents. The Bible never contradicts itself, and the Bible says to honor your father and your mother, to love your parents, to obey your parents. Jesus was saying in that passage, if I'm not willing to let go of that relationship in my life and follow him, that that relationship can have no hold on me. I will honor my parents and I will love my parents, but my allegiance is to Jesus. That is being set aside. That is being sanctified. Then Jesus says, you can be my disciple. But if that relationship is going to hold you back, if that, if that tie to this world is still there, you cannot follow me. You're not set aside. You're not sanctified. That is the perfect will of God. That I can sever not the relationships, but the ties. Does that make sense? I love my parents. Talked to my dad for 20, 30 minutes yesterday. Been the first time in a while I'd talked to him. I mean, it was Friday, and had a great conversation with him. I value his his wisdom, his counsel, but it can't be a tie that keeps me from serving God. I'm surrendered to the will of God, not to the will of my parents, not to the will of my wife. But only to him. That's what Jesus said. He doesn't mean that I hate anyone, but that I'm surrendered to him. Set aside, sanctified to serve only Jesus Christ. His general will is that all men everywhere come to repentance, that all men be shaped in the image of Jesus Christ, that all men be set aside to his service. Then we can start looking at specific will. Is, are you surrendered this morning? To Christ, when, when I read the verse, wives, submit yourselves to your husband. Are you surrendered to God? Husbands, when I read the verse, love your wives as you love yourself. You know how that is. I, I don't know your relationship, but you know. Are you surrendered to God? If not, we need to give it to the Lord. Say, so, Father, I want to be in your will. And your perfect will in every way. Father, thank you for our time this morning. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, for the simple message.